the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K. Show. It's Thursday night right here on AM 1170. The answer. I'm always thrilled to share a little time with you all out there, the smartest. You know, the station here says, you know, what is it, Jeff? Conser- intelligent conservative talk. Well, I'm telling you, the intelligence of the conservative people is among my group, my peeps out on Facebook and on Twitter at Andrea K5. It's also coming to us over the airwaves, long distance from the Midwest. One of these days, she's going to actually make it back live and in the studio with me. And that is none other than the legal libertarian analyst, Alicia Dern. Hey, Alicia. Hi, Andrew. How are you tonight? I, I'm good. Now, have you dried out out there in St. Louis, Louis? No. Are you still underwater? It's, it's still rain. It, it hasn't rained today, but yesterday it poured, and, uh, and it's expected to rain again tomorrow. Well, you know what? <laughs> Nobody likes a crybaby, Alicia. <laughs> I'm teasing. It's the El Nino weather. Yeah. Well, I'm just teasing you because I'm about to do some some crybaby whining myself over the state of what's going on. We've got lots to cover tonight, Alicia. We're going to talk about, here's the topics we're going to cover as well as working in a few things. So I know that you can keep up a fast pace with me, Alicia, and I know our listeners can out there as well. Uh, we're going to talk about this illegal immigration uh, hot topic that's, you know, just really taking the nation by storm. We're going to talk about cyber attacks. We're going to keep the focus on ISIS. That's the Islamic State. Um, We're going to talk about global markets and debt and what's going on around the world. We're going to talk about this Iran deal or no deal or what's going on with that. And we're also going to revisit the IRS targeting scandal. Now, what do every one of these stories have in common? It may not seem obvious to everybody out there, but Alicia, because she's so fast, that's how attorneys are. But every one of these topics is all a threat that we face as a nation. We face threats as a nation, not just from enemies who want to destroy us, but and not even just necessarily humans. We face threats economically in terms of the debt. And we're going to talk about what's going on in Greece. We're going to talk about what's going on in China. Many people are comparing what's, what's happening in China, which is kind of being overtaken in the news by Greece. Many people are comparing that to the lead up to the stock market crash in 1929. Um, you know, the cyber attacks... Man, that's a major threat that we face. Everybody was panicked the other day when the New York Stock Exchange uh, had the problem on the same day that United Airlines had a problem and Wall Street Journal's website went down. You know, I talked two weeks ago, I think it was, or three weeks ago. I said, you know, I I talked about an article I found from Jonah Goldberg. Nobody had been talking about the cyber Pearl Harbor. We're going to talk about that tonight. You know, clearly uh, the, the border, and all of these are borders, really, if you think about it. We've got the immigration crisis, and how long have I been harping and whining, Alicia, about the border, that our borders is the really the number one crisis that we face, because that's where every threat can come through to us. 
us, whether it's the southern border where we've got all the illegals coming through, not just Mexican, but others that aim to do us harm, that bring the crime, that bring the poverty and bring all the, the issues to us economically, as well as from a safety standpoint. We've got the border, the, the virtual border of the Internet, which which makes leaves us open to cyber crimes. We've got the economic border in terms of global markets. And if we don't handle things right and protect ourselves there, we can be taken down economically. Uh, we've got an internal border of our lives. The wall that should be between us and the federal government was breached in a really threatening, tyrannical way, a totalitarian way. And that's the IRS scandal. Um, we've got a president, Alicia, that in the middle of all of these uh, threats that we face. Dinesh D'Souza did. I don't know if you ever saw the documentary he did called 2016, but man, we're almost there. And what did he predict at the end of that movie, 2016? He predicted the rise of radical Islam all over the Middle East and them in, in the power position with an economically and a militarily neutered United States. And that's really where we're at. We've got what what was his response to the cyber attack? The the Pearl Harbor? Nothing. What, what's been his response? To the open border situation and the threat from illegal immigration, his response is just to give them entitlements to do nothing about it. He's doing nothing about every threat that we face. In fact, what he's doing, Alicia, is he's feeding it. He's enabling it. He's he's destru- allowing uh, uh, every border that we have to be breached. He's allowing every threat that we face to grow more and more and more powerful against us while we grow weaker. And that's that's all playing out before our eyes. And we've got a a GOP that's supposed to represent us. Our primary role of the United States government as part of our founders, and we celebrated Independence Day last week, it was all about freedom and liberty from a, a tyrannical, overreaching government. Their primary function is just to protect us. And no matter where we look and what threat we face, they're they're not only doing nothing to protect us, Alicia, they're actually growing the threat on us and making it worse. And we have no protection. We don't even have a Republican Party that's stepping in and doing everything to protect us. Am I wrong in my analysis? Well, we don't have any protection. Um, I don't think that we can count on the Republican Party to protect us but then i also think that we shouldn't count on the government period to protect us it's well it's isn't right well isn't it their job though to to protect us from enemies foreign and domestic the and, and, and when you have a border situation and that the borders define our nation we are the united states of america we have our states we are a republic of states our, our country it, it's not wrong to, to have borders it's not wrong to have immigration laws in fact you look at the immigration laws going on in mexico and it's far stricter than anything that we've got here you know we're americans are being played made to feel um by the open border peoples who want amnesty being made to feel as though something's wrong with us because we're nationalistic and we want to hold on to what is what is american and in regards to the gop i found an interesting article uh that reminds everybody of of some key people here we're going into 2016 speaking of 2016 and we've got marco rubio running for president and if you're just tuning in by the way you're listening to the andrea k show on am 1170 the answer and so i pulled up some information about remember that gang of eight 
and their little immigration, you know, comprehensive immigration plan that Marco Rubio, who ran as a Tea Party candidate, Tea Party was supposed to be about limited government. And he, for one of the first things that he, he did when he got into the Senate, Alicia, was to gang, gang together with these eight people and come up with their comprehensive immigration plan, right? I want to remind everybody what was in this. Because, of course, it didn't go through. But the very fact that Rubio was behind this with what's going on right now is something that's really, really important. Because right now, everybody's talking about sanctuary cities. And we're going to talk more about this. Uh, we, we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes. But everybody's talking about these sanctuary cities, right? Well, I want to remind everybody what Marco Rubio and the GOP was involved in uh, back in 2013. Uh, their gang of eight measure, had it become law, not only would it have allowed sanctuary cities to continue to refuse to cooperate with immigration authorities, it would have stopped ICE uh, from pushing to strip federal funds from sanctuary cities that defied them by releasing aliens uh, back onto the streets. The the bill would have made it harder for ICE to detain even criminal alien felons. And uh, it's they would have been just disbanded out in the streets. This guy, Sanchez, who shot Kate Steinle, he would have, uh, according to this article, and this is from the Director of Policy Studies for the Center of Immigration, studies Jessica Vaughn, she says that Sanchez would have been even been entitled to taxpayer-funded immigration attorney under Rubio's plan and might have even found a way to get him amnesty, uh, perhaps claiming a mental disability. The biggest problem, she goes on to say, with the Rubio bill is that it failed to restore immigration enforcement and boost border security. She goes on to say that it would have permitted the legalization of gang members, drunk drivers, and sex offenders. Even after he tried to amend it later, uh, S744, it was explicitly written. Here's what really killed me, Alicia. It was expressly written to handcuff law enforcement officers, and it, it, it goes on to say here that not only would it absolved them from past behavior, but actually it would have made it it would have wiped away any enforcement process going forward so any future mistakes actually would have been wiped away does that make sense so not only not only would these felons been given a pass on what they had done in the past but they actually would have been been cleared of any wrongdoings going forward according to the rubio immigration bill did i did we lose alicia jeff no i'm here i'm listening to you i'm like I, I, you know, I haven't read the Rubio immigration bill, so I, I don't, I can't really speak on what it says. Uh, I certainly can tell you a little bit about how immigration runs now and how it's working with our prison systems and our state and how things are being funded and why uh, California is releasing people. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of factors that are involved in this besides uh, a political agenda regarding, um, you know, Mexican America, Mexican immigrants. Well, this guy Sanchez. Long story short, this immigration bill didn't go through with Rubio. It, it, you know, but what what happened was when it didn't go through, President Obama picked up the ball and basically did his executive order to basically, you know, go along with what was in this bill. So we end up with Sanchez, who basically was sought by the sheriff in San Francisco and brought to San Francisco, and he ends up shooting this woman. My question for you: So many people are calling today for him and the mayor to be arrested. Can they be arrested? No, look, I, I honestly, I think that's a ridiculous response. Uh, first of all, in order for the mayor or the sheriff to be guilty of any kind of crime, which they, they'd have to have conspired uh, for the murder of this woman, and there's absolutely no evidence that they were involved. If they acted negligently, 
then it's possible that the city of San Francisco, as their employer, could be held uh, liable under a tort statute for their negligence. But they certainly, uh, they certainly can't be arrested and charged with a crime um, for acting in their official capacities in a way of, you know, which may, may have been negligent but uh, is not criminal. Well, see, this is what I don't understand, because we have federal laws. And why are they, for example, we've got a federal district judge who um, demanded that the, the he has basically called Obama f- officials, administration officials, to appear in federal court to answer for their violations of the court order halting. Uh, they basically were ordered to halt uh, President Obama's executive action on immigration. And he's filed an injunction against them. After the injunction, they went ahead and, and did it 2,000 more times. So he's calling them back in August, all the way up on August 19th, demanding that all the way up to the highest levels of Homeland Security that they come before his court and prove to him that it was not an accident and that they're going to knock off violating federal law. So how can San Francisco get away with violating federal law when uh, Jay Johnson, Secretary of Homeland Security, and all these other uh, Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, all these other people have to go before this federal judge when he's already said... That this that Obama's executive order is not lawful. Well, San Francisco is not in charge of uh, prosecuting the federal law. So, if the federal government wants to make uh, a city or a state or, or or they want to make a law, they have to enforce it. You know, they can't just make uh, the states or the or, or the local governments enforce the federal laws. That's why we have federal forces. That's why we have ICE. And so it's a separation of jurisdiction. So even if the if the local governments choose that they to not uh, participate in enforcement of, uh, and to per- cooperate with ICE, they can do that, and that's not a violation of federal law. Now, where it starts to become a violation of federal law is where money is tied to it. So that's why we have block grants and all these other things that tie money to states and local governments to force them to do work for the federal government. But, you know... It's not. It's certainly not a criminal um, misbehavior by the state, by the, uh, the county and the city of San Francisco to release somebody who is uh, an illegal immigrant. Whether it's negligent because they put somebody out on the street who is a criminal uh, is a different question. He had an arrest warrant that was not um, adhered to, although it was only an arrest warrant for marijuana possession. Um, but you know, what you, the real problem we have here is that we have violent criminals who are illegal aliens that we're not housing in our, in our uh, prisons. We're sending them back to Mexico instead of housing them in our prisons. And they just come back and commit more crimes. Well, right. I mean, you know, we got, right. We got to take a break. Right. Well, we got to take a break. We come back. I want to talk about that. And the question and ask, because we've got uh, Bill O'Reilly, we've got other legislators that are offering uh, suggestions in terms of legislation, one of which involves more prison time. And my question is, uh, why do we need more legislation? We already have immigration laws. And most importantly, we need to seal the damn border. There's absolutely no reason why we've got guys like him that, you know, everybody's, you know, I got, we see Anderson Cooper last night talking, oh, you know, we've got the highest deport rate, deportation rate under President Obama. Yeah, because each guy's coming back six, seven times. You know, do the math. You know, if they all get shoved back down there and Hillary Clinton's talking about, well, this guy should have been deported. What, number six? 
So each guy gets deported 10 times a court and then they keep coming back. I mean, that's no solution. We need to seal the border. That's the solution. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to pick this up on the other side. We also got to talk about more cyber attacks that are going on, the IRS, Hillary, uh, Greece, and what's happening. So don't change that dial, folks. You're listening to the Andrea K Show here on AM 1170, The Answer. It keeps spinning around. I've been a puppet, a pauper, a... AM 1170, The Answer. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. Hey, Cindy, ever notice how much Democrats and burglars have in common? Yep, burglars use pry bars and call it stealing. Democrats use the tax code and call it contributing. They even try to guilt you into feeling bad about keeping what's left of your paycheck after taxes. Makes you wonder who the real crooks really are. I can think of two solutions right now. Okay, the first one has to be a champion safe. Champions are built up to a standard, not down to a price. It took a lot of research before Ron and I decided champion was the absolute best value. Truth is, until we got to champion, most of what we saw was ridiculously overpriced and offered very poor protection. Visit the gun exchange today and let us show you why we believe that Champion really is the best. Oh, I almost forgot. We have financing now. The home of El Magnifico, that's me. The El Cajon Gun Exchange. Call 619-579-5152. That's 579-5152 or on the web at ElCajonGun.com. More like the home of Taco Platter number six. Okay, we have burglars covered. How do we deal with Democrats and taxes? Vote, vote often and for crying out loud, people vote Republican. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Welcome back to the to the Andrea K show. Glad to have you here with me. Hey, we're talking illegal immigration. I love that music from Frank. Thank you, Timothy Shea, for suggesting that music. It's so upbeat and fun, even though we're not necessarily talking about a fun topic. You know, it's not fun talking about the fact that let me read a little stats here. 122 illegals slated for deportation have committed murder. Uh, I reported last week that over 5,000 cases of sexual assault against children uh, in North Carolina alone, and that was just in the last uh, 14 months, 35% uh, return rate for illegals. Uh, four districts, four districts alone in America amount for over 40% of all federal cases that involve illegals. Uh, you know, this is an absolute outrage. Uh, 
You know, we've got people like I'm, I'm hearing all over the place, the left talking about, well, you know, the crime rate as a percentage of the population is not any higher for illegals. I don't care. You know, tell that to the family of Kate Steinle. Well, the, you know, what does that even mean? You know, why is there an acceptable level of murder of Americans by people here illegally? And, and, and then we I even see people that are supposed to be conservatives, people that are supposed to have a brain, Alicia, on Fox News getting into, well, well, there's this kind of crime by illegals, and then there's the really bad kind of crime by illegals. Hey, the second they stepped over our border, they were committing a crime, and they have no business being here. And what this is all about, as Chris Matthews even admitted on MSNBC, is this is just about amassing a greater dependency class for power for the Democrats so that they they can end up with a permanent voting block nationally, just like what they did here in California. That's what this is about. And it's just absolutely outrageous. The American people understand it. That's And that's why uh, Trump is now risen to the top of the pack, Alicia. He's number one uh, in the GOP for, for um, the all, what is there, like 17 of them now. Rasmussen reports just did a, a, a poll. 53% of likely U.S. voters think, and Rasmussen's usually pretty dead on, uh, 53% think that illegal immigration raises the level um, of serious crime in the country. Uh, 76% of Republicans agree with Trump's comments. Uh, 52%, 33% of Democrats agree. 52% of voters not affiliated with either major political party say so. Trump God bless a big mouth. He just lit this this topic on fire, and this is absolutely huge. And, you know, this is, to me, uh, Americans are ready for a non-politician. They're ready for truth. They're tired of having, you know, slick talkers, you know, telling them what they want to hear. We give them the majority in November, and then they sit back and do nothing. So, you know, I, of course they're worried about Trump. And then there's been conflicting reports that uh, Reince Priebus from the GOP called Trump and told him to tone it down. And, um, you know, Trump says that that's not what happened, that he said, good guy. You know, I, of course, believe that, you know, Priebus told him to tone it down because the GOP establishment, you know, they, they you know, the run by the Karl Roves uh, wanted to present, uh, convince people of something that was not true when Romney failed to win in 2012, Alicia. They tried to tell us, oh, well, it's because he just didn't win enough of the Hispanic vote. That's a bunch of crap. He didn't win because he didn't give anybody a reason to vote for him. It's really hard to beat an incumbent unless you've got a compelling reason for people to to come out and vote for you. That's the way it works with incumbency. And Romney did not present a reason for conservatives to go and vote for him. Nobody ever. He couldn't win over independents because he didn't give him. He didn't really set himself apart. He couldn't win over conservatives because they didn't buy the fact that he was conservative. Why would anybody go go and vote for him? So then they come out and tell us that we got to win over the Hispanic vote. They tell us that, of course, we can go and get Hispanics because they're Catholic. And, you know, they're more in line with our principles, Alicia, which is a bunch of crap. Trump is right. They're coming here poor and broke. They're not coming here for opportunity. They're coming here for entitlements. Well, okay. So you have, you said so much just then, but I, I want to say a couple of points. Uh, first of all, I do think that it's um, without question that uh, people running across the border, that there is a higher incidence of violent crime as a result of that. But I think that it's not because of immigration. It is because of smuggling and gang activity related to the drug war. So you have people bringing drugs up from Mexico who are pure gangsters. They're committing violent crimes. Uh, I, I, so I think, you know, when we could talk about sealing the border, I also think we ought to be talking about drug war and how effective our laws are in preventing uh, drug use versus encouraging 
smuggling and violent crimes in the black market. Well, I think, uh, you know, I think that we can walk and chew gum. I think that sometimes, you know, my thing for that is one thing at a time. You know, yeah, we can, um, you know, we can be thinking about drug laws and, and legislation for that. But first and foremost, we can be doing that while we're building a wall and while we're putting troops on the border. Why in the world are we cutting our military, you know, into a third or in half when, we, when we've got this, this problem down on the border? And, you know, the question is always, well, what are we going to do with the people here? Well, if they're such great contributors to our society, here, what do we need to panic and do anything to help them out right now? We need to be our focus should be protecting the American citizens. We've got a border. We it's like Ann Coulter says, hey, you know what? Walls work, fences work. Ask Israel, ask East East Germany. Those walls worked really, really well. And you know what? I, I'm I cannot be convinced that we need to be doing anything with this problem until we get a secure border. End of this. You know, I don't even understand. Uh, I- I, I, I don't think that um, building a wall will stop crime. I think that people will commit crime as long as there is a black market that, that, that encourages it. People will take risks and do it. And, you know, well, I don't see build a tunnel I, under it. They'll use submarines. They're going to get here. Well, the 5,000, the 5,000, you know, child, uh, acts of, of sexual assault on children in North Carolina don't appear to be drug, you know, and gang, um, you know, related. This guy didn't shoot, uh, Steinle in the face or in the head in San Francisco as a part no, of some drug that, ring. Where, and that's where the comment of, you know, people who are immigrants commit crime, those types of crimes at the same rate as, uh, non-immigrants. Those people should be locked up. We should not be sending them back to Mexico. The reason we're sending them back to Mexico is we don't want to pay to house them. But when you don't, when you don't keep a violent criminal in prison, they get out and they commit more crime. If we have so if we have a sealed back. border, we send them back to Mexico and we let them deal with it. Why why should I as a taxpayer have to keep some guy in prison like that? Send him back to Mexico and don't let him come back. And or China, they're going to keep you there <laughs> and keep you in jail. They're not going to ship you back. Because you committed a crime against the citizens there. If somebody comes here and commits a crime against our citizens, they need to serve jail time. And that's putting them out back out on the population. Even if it's the Mexicans, we're sending them back to the Mexican population to murder Mexicans. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't. He, he was, he was sent back five times. None, none was involving murder. If he was sent back the first time and he couldn't get back across because of the sealed border, you know what? It's we can't worry about whether or not at that point, you know, if at that point if he was sent back for drug possession or whatever the felony was and couldn't get back in here, we don't know what he ends up doing in Mexico, and we can't worry about that. You know, is should is he now going to end up in our prison system because he murdered a woman? Yeah, but you know what? He should have never been back. Okay, so so. Uh I, uh, immigration, this has been a problem with immigrants and criminals in the immigration system for 30 years. This is not something that is just happening now. Uh, it's always been a problem that we have not been housing criminals and we've been sending them back and then they can come back and commit violent crimes. Uh, Oh, I know. I mean, even Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, even Ronald Reagan, you know, the amnesty was supposed to be in exchange for a secure border. Americans are now saying after 30 years, crime is going crazy here. I don't care whether it's, you know, at the same rate as as we commit crimes here. If you're not an American citizen, you shouldn't be here. We can't afford this from a crime standpoint, a security standpoint. We can't afford it economically. Trump was absolutely right. It's not a bunch of engineers and entrepreneurs who are great business owners bringing a 
bag of money over here and ready to set up shop. These are poor people. The, you know, they're not they're not coming here to contribute to society, and and we cannot take in. And if we're going to decide to take in this kind of you know people on mass here that don't aren't can't come and contribute, why them? Why not go to get the Christians who are over and being persecuted all around the world? You know, why them? It doesn't even make sense. It's all for votes. I'm going to have to move on though because we've got a lot, a lot of other things to talk about, and I want to pick your brain on. Um, but but Dan Perry mentioned a good point on Facebook. He said, "Where are the sanctuary cities for the bakeries, for churches? You know, people who don't want to follow. You know, why is it that these liberals in San Francisco get to decide? You know, on the city council up there, what federal laws they get they get to, uh, you know, uh, follow and which ones they don't. We got a bakery up in Oregon that deci- that that doesn't have the right to say I don't want to have to go and participate in a gay wedding, and now they got to pay almost two hundred thousand dollars in fines, and they're being told they better pay it even." pending appeal and you know where's the sanctuary cities for us and then i got to thinking about it was all supposed to be set up like that it was all supposed to be set up to where we're not supposed to have a centralized government imposing their will over everybody all over america we were all supposed to have sanctuary cities in a sense that we are a republic of states so if you this community here gets to kind of set things up the way according to their culture and what they want and how they want things to be and if you don't like it here maybe some other state has a little bit of a different system that more more suits you there you know so you know i i think that you know some so much of the problem we've got going on in america all comes back to an overreaching federal government and you know Uh, i agree with you on that (laughs) you know what i mean yeah Yeah. so yeah well let's move on here because you know jeff is like telling me i got to get to uh, a break here but i think we're going to hold off on, on that break jeff and and take one at about 40 past um irs this is a story that we haven't been talking about talking about a centralized i want to get back to this what we were just talking about with the centralized government and the overreach there and why this is so important so much of what's going on is that they do want to amass more power to a centralized government they want to be able to decide for themselves uh which laws they want to follow and which laws we're allowed to follow, whether or not they're on the books and whether or not we vote for it. Um, IRS targeting. This was an opportunity, Alicia. 65% of Americans were upset when they found out that a federal agency, a department, Internal Revenue, the most powerful agency, was targeting Americans strictly for having an opposing view. And the Republican Party, as usual, did not maximize this opportunity uh, for the party, and most importantly, for the people. And more information has come out, of course, by dribs and drabs, because the GOP allows them to slow walk every scandal. Um, <clears throat> Nina Easton said, "What the plot that has been uncovered now, the coordination between Lois Lerner in 2010, the Department of Justice, and the FBI to collaborate to prosecute law-abiding Americans for no other reason than having political opposition, she said, should unnerve Every American, Alicia. This is really scary stuff when of a hundred and thirteen thousand Americans were targeted in this. Nobody's been held accountable. Lois Lerner's still gonna get her pension. This goes all the way up to the top of this administration, and we now have a United States government. This is, you know, pick your pick your ism, uh, whether you want to call it fascism, socialism. You know, it's really totalitarianism. If you think about it, you're going to go along with what we want you to go along with. You're not. It, it's it's the thought police times about a thousand. 
you're either going to get on board with our beliefs or we're going to punish you and just really make your life a living hell. It's the, uh, the abuse of power at the highest level. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, you know, drove the American Revolution. You know, people didn't like the king, so we taxed them more, you know. That's, that's what this is. This is our taxing authorities trying to punish p- political dissidents, and that's very concerning. That goes against everything that we fundamentally believe in as a country. Yeah, I mean, and they weren't even going to, you know, punish them just with holding off and dragging their feet on giving them the 5013C status. No, we're talking about prosecution. We are now at a time when the United States government is going to start prosecuting people for beliefs. Let right. that sink in. That's real scary stuff. That and this goes back to the you know what I've been saying for a long time about I don't care what two people do. You want to come together with a civil arrangement. I don't care where you leave your pearls to your pig. I don't care. You want to come together two people and spend the rest of your lives together. I don't care. But what concerned me about gay marriage was that the reason why they wanted it was that they really didn't. It wasn't about gaining equal rights. It was about you're going to believe what we want you to believe. You're going to validate our belief. You're going to not only go along with what we want in terms of our plan, in terms of equality with, with, with a right here or an action. You're, either, you're, going to, you're going to validate what we're saying. You're going to go along with our belief. Or we're going to make you pay $200,000, you baker. We're going to destroy your business. We're going to punish you and destroy your life until you give in and you go along with our belief. That's where we're at. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about prosecution of, um, you know, the Tea Party groups. And I know this is something we've talked about um, as libertarians, people who are against uh, taxation and the tax code, who think that taxing is uh, a way to fund part of the uh, initiatives in the federal government and things that they don't agree with. Those people are getting, uh, are definitely being prosecuted. You can't even speak out against the IRS without worrying about incurring their wrath. And it's very real. I mean, the the, the anti-discrimination laws in uh, Oregon aside, the IRS has the most power out of any agency in this country. Yeah, and they have the right to consider you, as we've talked about many times, guilty until proven innocent. And they can take your cash, your business, and literally destroy your life. And why? Where is the GOP? You know, it's it's their. You know, it's just their. The, I, I don't even understand. It makes me crazy. Uh, you know, Hillary. Let's talk about Hillary. Uh, you know, Benghazi was in 2012, two and a half years ago. And you know, and Trey Gowdy. Oh, everybody just put so much hope in him, holding people accountable for Benghazi. He comes out today like he's. Or I guess it was yesterday saying, you know, basically, you know, boy, you know, once now Hillary Clinton has, you know, come out in an interview and said that she was never subpoenaed for emails. And basically he says, I wasn't going to show this email to the public, Hillary, until you went on in, in an interview and said that we never subpoenaed you. So here's this interview and here's the subpoena. And, you know, I have no uh, he says, I would not make this one public now. But after Secretary Clinton falsely claimed the committee did not subpoena her i have no choice in order uh, to correct the inaccuracy could he be any weaker correct the yeah. inaccuracy use the word lie man come on she lied she's a liar 
He's been withholding that? Where The GOP should have been screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming. But you know what? This is the guy who said last summer who worked out a deal with the Democrats that he would only have one Benghazi hearing before the midterms. They're all in this together. Gowdy gives great theater and made a lot of promises and he's nowhere. And he goes on to say here, you know, that she uh, that basically the timing of her decision to delete and attempt to permanently destroy emails is curious at best. Come on. She destroyed public property that she was ordered, ordered to make available. Yeah, you know, we got Petraeus. We got Petraeus was prosecuted for that. You know, why? Why is she not Republican maybe Party? He's worried that, uh, maybe he's worried that if he uh, if it comes on too strongly, he's going to have the IRS sticks on him. You know, <laughs> he'll have like some ethics complaint or something. Well, you know, people are people are saying that that John Roberts was blackmailed because of, of you know some sketchy stuff going on with the with the adoption of his children. You know, I mean, when we when we have the highest elected officials, you know, in these kind of backroom deals, it's the corruption. We need a Trump or we need a Carly Fiorina. I hope everybody gets on, you know, starts emailing in Fox News and demanding that Trump, <clears throat> because see the 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 a lot of um, Hispanic leaders and a lot of people on the left have been putting a lot of pressure on Fox to try to keep Trump off the stage, trying to keep Carly Fiorina off the stage. And we really need those kinds of new voices. You know, Mitt Romney had a big powwow with the three blind mice uh, who, who he had Christie, he had Rubio and he had Jeb there. It's like, well, that's, you know, thank you for that, Romney, because n- now I know for sure who I ain't voting for. I think Trump, if he, you know, if he uh, makes the distance, he's going to be really entertaining as a as a candidate. Not just because he's unafraid to say what he thinks, whether you agree or disagree, but because he's he's so transparent. You know, I mean, there's I don't see anybody being able to get one over on him as far as having dirt or being able to, to blackmail him. I mean, we oh, all know about we already know about bad things in his past, whether it was you know problems with his marriages or his bankruptcies or right. whatever. Well, Nobody's going to be able to come out and say anything that's going to shock us about Donald Trump. Well, Anderson Cooper tried last night. Bless his heart. He tried to get Trump. He's sitting there, you know, all serious, and he's got his notes, and he's like, okay, Donald, is it true that there were hundreds of illegals involved in the building of Trump Tower? And Trump, without batting an eye, I mean, Trump Tower was built 30-something years ago, okay? So he doesn't even bat an eye, and he's like... Okay, let me explain to you how it works, Anderson. I hire a general contractor. The general contractor then hires subcontractors. And there's a chain going all the way down to the bottom that's really far removed from me, okay? He's like, you know, really? He's like, Anderson, Thirty-five. you're going back 35 years to try to dig up dirt on me about something that may or may not have happened with a subcontractor? He says, I got to tell you, that's pretty pathetic. And I thought, good for you, because you know what? They took down, uh, what's her name here, who ran for governor, Meg Whitman. They took her down over over a maid that she had because she couldn't stand up for herself and say, well, you know what? I didn't know the woman was, was illegal. And Trump's answer was brilliant. So Anderson's like, well, are you telling me that you've never, you know, had an illegal work for you? And he's like, well, I, I, can't, I can't say that for sure. He says, because, he says, all I can tell you, he says, because I don't know who's lying to us. He says, all I can tell you is that right. we've done everything that we can do to keep it from happening. You know, he right. owns it. He pushes back. He doesn't kowtow. He's not weak-kneed. He's not, he, you, he can't be bullied. And that's what we need. Everybody else right now in the GOP can be bullied. That's Rubio. That's Romney. Every one of them. <clears throat> 
and we need somebody who can't. I got to take a break, and when I come back, I want to talk about bullying of the cyber kind because we've got it. We've had some uh, another big cyber Pearl Harbor attack that's getting like no play today, and I want to talk about um, how businesses can maybe protect themselves from this or what to do if they feel like they've been been attacked because this is really the new frontier, and this affects every American. I have LifeLock, and I have no idea whether or not that protects me or not, but I want to talk about this because this is a real serious issue. When we come back, we're also going to talk about China and Greece. And I need I'm all worked up, Alicia. I'm like all verklempt here. So I need to chill for a couple of about a minute. Y'all hang tight. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170. AM 1170, the answer.com. Hear us anywhere in San Diego and the world. AM 1170, the answer. I guarantee you the lowest rate on life insurance or I'll send you to dinner. Hi, this is Tom Elliott, your local life insurance shopper. I compare top-rated companies so you save. In a five-minute call, I can tell you exactly how much you can save. Typically, I can get you the same or better coverage for a third less. Even if you have some health or weight issues, I can save you money. I'm so confident I can find you the lowest rate that if you can beat my quote, I'll send you to dinner. Dennis Prager here, and I believe it is a moral obligation to have adequate life insurance for your family. Make sure that you have have enough life insurance with a strong company and make sure that you're not paying too much. Call Tom Elliott Insurance Services. Tom shops the top-rated companies so you don't have to. Call me at 877-894-LIFE or go to am1170theanswer.com for your free online quote. Call me at 877-894-LIFE. That's 877-894-LIFE. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Look no further. We have the answer. AM 1170. The answer. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her Thank you for tuning in to the Andrea K Show tonight. How lucky can one girl be sharing this hour with you all and with Alicia Dern? Okay, so Alicia, I, I think everybody knows about uh, the stock market with their little you know, snafu the other day. Most people know about United Airlines, Wall Street Journal. Did you know that today there was another breach um, involving uh, Office of Personnel Management? Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. I actually, you know what? I it was reported first on the BBC, which kind of surprised mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it, I did know about that. And 
And my very first thought was, what do they want with all those personnel records? See, that's what's really scary, because right now China is facing... uh, China was originally reported to have been... um, involved in the first intrusion as they're so politely putting it the officials 4.2 million social security numbers were a, a part of the initial um break we now have more than 21 million social security numbers were compromised in the second okay. breach um 19.7 million belonged to individuals who had undergone extensive background investigations we're talking about even 2 million belongs to individuals and applicants families you know my mom all of her information is there she worked for the federal government for 40 years um right. so you know it, we're talking about the most private information. They said that it didn't involve health uh, health issues, but then they go on to say, well, yeah, some health stuff is in there too. Basically, it's health, financial, um, every bit of a person's life was involved in, in this um, information that was stolen okay. by the Chinese government, supposedly. So, you know, yeah, what are they going to do with it? Well, they can, they can, they could take us, they can do identity theft and steal money. You're talking about 21 million people. That's a lot of money that they can get their hands on. That's all. And it's a lot of pension information that has to do with federal money. So they can really harm us economically and harm the American people economically. And of course, OPM says they're going to help out with the credit monitoring and identity theft protection services for some of the people. But then the people are going to have to go to, um, you know, all of their own accounts and creditors and have to basically clean up the mess that's been done. And this is really horrifying to me because you're talking about 21 million Americans who trusted again, we got a border here that's been breached. And, you know, how did this happen a second time? What, what you know, happened I, after the first? What happened after the first cyber Pearl Harbor? The Obama administration gotta, did nothing. I gotta bring up, yeah, I gotta bring up. You know, just as an aside, Obamacare, because one of the things that's in Obamacare that the, that Obama was pushing when he was pushing the bill is a national database for health care. Yeah. Records. And I, I was worried about that then. They're still moving forward with it. Let me tell you, I am. Uh, I have had my fair share of health issues over the last couple of years, and I went to my doctors at um, uh, Mercy Hospital, and they said to me, you know, they wanted to set me up on their computer system and email me uh, my my health results and everything. I said no, and they were really shocked. They were like, why would you not want us to share this with all of your other doctors? And I said, because I don't trust you right. to be able to keep my stuff secure. And but you know what they did it anyway. <laughs> oh yeah. So you know, I, I guess you know people are going to know about what's in my DNA and my blood and, and whatever because they can't keep it secure. Yeah, and you know what? So much for your privacy anymore. You know what? Yeah. What happened? What happened to Roe v. Wade being based upon some um, legal language that they decided to come up with, based upon the idea that you know we're supposed to have privacy with our doctors, and now all of our records are available to anybody. And supposedly Obamacare had in in the language and somewhere hidden in the three thousand pages, microchips were supposed to be implanted in us. Um, right. They want to have access to you know all of our financial records, so that if you go to the doctor, they can access your bank account to make you pay. Um, so I mean, these are real. Really scary areas that we're getting into, and um, this isn't. And the American people don't seem to care. It's like Jonah Goldberg talked about after the first cyber Pearl Harbor, when this first happened with the Chinese government going in and stealing all this information, and the White House doing nothing. He says if the American people had seen trucks of hard paper, hard copy, being hauled out, and they could visually see it, maybe then they might get what 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 
how damaging this was and the extent of this breach. But we are really at vulnerable times. And this is the way that another government can attack us and destroy us from within by by compromising our banking system. And, you know, what's going on with China right now, you know, Greece is probably going to be working out a deal. Angela Merkel uh, seems like she's caving a little bit. She says she's not going to be doing any haircut business, but she's willing to uh, accept some, you know, debt restructuring okay. stuff with Greece. Um, yeah. You know, so it well, lo- they're, in, they're in to their necks. I mean, we've seen how much money, you know, Greece owes Germany and France. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, yeah. And she and, says and she's she, yeah. And she says she's not going to do any haircut business, which basically means like taking, a, you know, a, an amount of percentage that's less. But she she's willing to, to restructure things. But the bottom line is their debt is at one hundred and eighty something percent of their GDP. Well, you know what? We're at one hundred percent here in America. If you know, we've got this Lou guy lecturing them over there about debt being unsustainable. Well, what about our debt? This is another way in which we're being neutered and where and where we are being compromised in terms of our security as a nation. And it's through our Greece debt. Greece is absolutely going to default on that because they refuse as a culture to let go of their socialist programs. They don't seem to see the connection between free stuff not being free. Right. <laughs> and the problem is that I think America still has the opportunity to turn away from that point of view or that that, that seductiveness of, of socialism and having the government pay for everything and take care of everything. But we're just, we keep heading down that path. And if, if we do, eventually we're not going to be able to earn our way out of it. You know, well, 100% debt is pretty high. We, well, have pretty, we have a pretty good, big economy. We might be able to earn our way out of it, but not if we keep going this direction. Well, not not if well not if we keep going in this direction. Not if we keep you know um, the American people getting more and more and more dependent, uh, which is you know um, a part of the, the and they're dangling carrots uh, out there to increase the dependency. That's the huge big game plan of the illegal immigration of bringing them here because they are a dependent class. When you've got people coming here with not no ability to speak the language and no education, they're going to be dependent. They're going to be dependent on on um, the, the other American citizens here uh, to carry them. And, you know, it, it, that's where we're going. We're at about 100% GDP right now of, of our debt. And then on top of it, you add in these trade deals uh, that they're working on with this TPP, which is basically going to, you know, continue to, you know, um, send manufacturing offshore. What they need to be doing if they care about, about it having us earn our way out of it is get off the regulations, get out of, let the free market be free, get the jackboot of right. tyranny off of, off of businesses in form of, of regulation and taxation. That's what they should be doing. Not the, these dopey TPP deals, but getting back to this, this breach with China, you know, um, I don't want to get too in the weeds economically, but there's a great art article that I found off of Drudge that went the parallels between America leading up into the stock market crash in t- 1929 and what's going on in China. And let me tell you if if china has a full crash and of course the difference is in america we did not have a centralized government pulling all the strings but who really believes that you know a centralized government is going to is going to be any better at preventing a crash than you know entrepreneurial americans so you know i mean Uh, well apparently our government believes that because they're they're doing that with their monetary policy with the fed but you know (laughs) i think it's, it's we're going to be sorely mistaken. 
Well, you know, again, the parallels are uh, striking between what happened in the lead up to 1929 and the crash in China. Uh, you got bubbles uh, going on here. You've got um, they had massive growth in, 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 in the industrial sector, but they don't really have uh, the labor uh, to, to carry it. And, and, you know, again, it's um, it's really scary times. And it made me think when I read this article about uh, China, this is the real economic story that we need to be we need to be watching uh, even more than Greece, um, because 940 companies have suspended trading over there. Um, uh, they're at similar stages of economic development, leading uh, China today in America in 1929, uh, borrowed mm-hmm. money. Um, margin investing, a whole lot of similarities. That's that's really really scary, and that's you know, you know, I I don't really know what that means for us in terms of if, if their economy crashes, uh, since you know they've got a lot of our debt. You know, may I don't know. They, they, they do, but not not um, all of it. I mean, they're not the biggest debt holder of American debt are, are American, right? Uh, but I think that. It'll be interesting because the one thing, it could actually strengthen the dollar. I mean, the Chinese were looking at getting away from the, the dollar as the, the standard currency for world markets. And obviously the yuan is not going to be uh, a currency that we can all turn to because there, it's going to inflate with a crash. Or it might, I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but I think that in some ways it could strengthen uh, the dollar, but it will certainly uh, reduce our ability to do trade with them because their economy will not be that strong. Well, you know, part of this TPP deal was supposedly to, to try to get China in that. So I think, you know, I, I'm looking at this going, you know, you know, maybe they're overlooking, the United States government is overlooking China committing identity theft and 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 uh, on a massive maybe. scale of the American people because they're trying to coax China into this TPP deal to prop up their economy uh, because they're communist and you know o- Obama you know that I absolutely convinced that that's the economic model that they want to bring here. Um, one of the things that's interesting in this article that says that uh, one of the things that we know the real damage in a financial crisis is not the crash itself uh, but a collapsing of the banking sector and that's really where that we can also if 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 the the American government, which is supposed to be the highest tech, is so easily breached and once and then turns right around a few weeks later and gets breached again. What about our banking sector? That's really where we need to be where we need to be worried about. And I know it's you know, it, it's not sexy well, I, to talk about, you know, cybersecurity and what it can mean to the American people. But the American people need to get their heads around it because this is just as much a threat to us as ISIS, radical Islam and even the threats coming to us across the border. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think cybersecurity is a major uh, topic that we all need to be concerning ourselves with. Our biggest companies, some of our biggest uh, uh, credit card processors, they've been attacked quite a bit in recent uh, months, and uh, they can't keep out the the um, criminals who are hacking their databases. And, and they're doing it for obvious reasons. You know, they're trying to steal credit card numbers and financial information so they can um, steal from uh, our citizens and our banks. But, you know, if, if the biggest companies in the country who have every incentive to prevent hacks cannot prevent them, then what's the cha- chance do the rest of us have? I, I wouldn't hold up the government as the ideal of being able to pre- prevent stuff because I, if the government's uh, inefficient, 
and incapable in every aspect. Yeah, but, but if you, you think know. about, you know, maybe I've seen too many spy movies, you know, but I mean, you know, I, you know, you think at the CIA and intelligence and, and if you've been to any of our big government, you know, installations or like the Pentagon, any of these places, I mean, you know, we are so high tech. I mean, you know, if you've been to NORAD, I mean, it's like how in the world we're supposed to be the ones doing the hacking. We're not supposed to be hacked. You know, we're the United States of America, man. You know, we you know, created I, this I, technology. I, you know, that this is supposed to be us. We're, we're about running out of time. But, you know, it, it's like it, it, and now, you know, we're just we're not the superpower we once were from so many different areas. And I think it's all planned. And, and you know what? They're more interested in, in developing uh, spying programs and high tech ways to watch their own citizens here in America than they are about protecting us from from those trying to come at us from outside. Yeah, and, well, and, and some of these people are rogue people who are, are just thieves or, you know, malicious people who enjoy doing this kind of stuff, you know. And I, I, I guess the one thing I would say is I love technology, but, it, you know, not everything needs to be digitized on servers. You know, they Well, listen, I'm going to have to... Right, absolutely. I'm going to have to leave it there because Jeff's rolling that music. It means I got to go. Thank you so much for everybody out there sharing this hour with me and with Alicia. Thanks for tuning in to the Andrea K. Show. I'm right back here tomorrow night from 9 to 10 on AM 1170, The Answer. Keep the conversation rolling on Facebook and on Twitter at Andrea K. 5, both Alicia... <laughs> Alicia and I are there. Thanks so much. Good night, everybody. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.